Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, power off attorney. Marty brings the case against her husband, Andrew. Andrew has created automated systems in their home, controlled by voice commands. Marty hates it. Andrew says she just needs time to get used to it. Marty just wants to live an analog lifestyle. Who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Hey, Pat, how about activating some kick-butt video screens? Sure, man. How's this? Do you want to get down? Do you want to get funky? Do you want to get down? Get on down. Slam dunk the funk. Put it up. If you got that feeling, slam dunk the funk. Put it up. Put it up. Boom, boom, ba-doom. Slam dunk the funk. Put it up. Swear in the lid again. Slam dunk the funk. Swear them in. Swear them in. Jesse. Marty and Andrew, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God or whatever. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he sang that song just now? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Jesse Thorne, guess where Marty and Andrew are? Uh, I don't know. Where are they? Your favorite town in North America, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's a great town. Home of the Ann Arbor District Library, the legendary venue of a show, a Jordan Jesse Go show, 12 years ago, where it had to be free, so there were a lot of drifters wandering through. (laughs) Home of the ghost of Borders Bookshop number one, where I did two book events a long time ago before Andrew or Marty were born, apparently. (laughs) One of these days we're going to get, we've been talking about Ann Arbor a lot off camera and off mic, because one of these days we want to get there and do a live show. We're thinking about doing some live shows in Ann Arbor. But meanwhile, we have Marty and Andrew here. Marty and Andrew, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture that I performed beautifully as I entered this courtroom? A little, I started a little lower than I meant to, but I still did a good job. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. I'm going to guess that was from the movie Space Jam. Space Jam. It was probably from the movie Space Jam. Probably from the movie Space. (laughs) Let me get out my pencil and my piece of paper and I'll write that down. I was thinking Looney Tunes back in action, but probably Mm. Space Jam. Space Jam is a Looney Looney Tunes movie about about space basketball. Yeah. Um, Earth basketball as, as practiced by spacemen. Right, of course. And 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 slam dunking is a basketball move. So maybe they slam dunked the funk. Interesting guess. Nice. I like that one. That felt like an improv guess. They're not something you came in prepared with, right, Andrew? Yeah, I was on the fly. Would you say that basketball is your favorite sport? I would not. <laughs> Are you speaking to me or Andrew? Because you know it's my favorite sport. Yeah, well, you love the way they dribble up and down the court. Marty, what's your guess? Um, I'm going to guess like a 1994 public service commercial about the internet 1994 psa ray the internet they loved those funky songs you know they did love those funky songs and i like these guesses marty and andrew i like these guesses a lot you know why first of all they're all wrong (laughs) second of all they're in they're in what we call a wheelhouse 
of the 1990s, and they represent a certain 1990s. You absolutely got correct the 90s uh, New Jack uh, swing vibe that I was going <laughs> for there. And I would say, Marty, you got a little closer with your PSA uh, regarding the internet because there was a lot of preoccupation with new technology in the 1990s, which is definitely a, a, a hallmark of the piece of culture that I was referencing. But you're wrong. I was quoting and singing from a scene in the movie Smart House. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a decom. That means a Disney Channel original movie about a family of three that moves into a smart house, fully automated house, much like the one you want to live in, Andrew, with your smart with your smart bulbs. Well, this is a whole smart house that's got an AI built into it, played by Katie Seagal. The, the mom has died. That's how all good Disney movies start. <laughs> oh, classic. Death yeah. of one or more parents. And so the, the young, the, the, the boy, uh, Ben, reprograms the AI in order to make it like a 1950s mom to replace his mom, which is a creepy thing to do. And creepy things happen, although it's, it's, it's more of a lighthearted romp. It sounds like a nightmare. Uh, well, there, there are nightmares. I mean, I'm, I'm going to spoil it. Katie Seagal traps them in the smart house for a little oh while. God. Then they get out. Man, I wish I knew about this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm a little surprised you haven't, because according to Entertainment Weekly circa 2015, uh, it was ranked as the number one of the top 30 DCOMs, Disney Channel original movies. <laughs> in my house, we stand can of worms. Oh, people love them. And I was singing a song from a scene in which Ben and two of his friends dance along to a video screen that has been activated by Pat, the artificial intelligence. The only part of the movie I've seen is this scene from YouTube. Does Katie Siegel sing the song? She's a great singer. No, she doesn't sing the song. It's there. There's a boy band that the three young boys, they're like 12 years old or whatever, are watching sing this song and they do a little dance to it that is hilarious and wonderful. Anyway, also, oh, this is the reason that I homed in on this one. The movie directed by friend of the court, LeVar Burton, 1999. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, now I gotta watch it. In 2019, the 20th anniversary of this famous decom, Burton called the film, quote, a clear precursor to the widespread use of AI and virtual assistant technology, end quote. And that's true, although in our homes right now, oh, that quote is from Wikipedia. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia editor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true, except although in our current smart home technology, I, Andrew, you don't have like a Dr. Octopus arm that comes out of the, the ceiling to electrocute and then kick out your teenage bully. I do not have one of those yet. That's going to come to your house soon, I think. And uh, anyway... Let's go ahead and hear this case. Who comes seeking justice in my court? Uh, I do, Your Honor. And that is Marty. Marty, what is the injustice uh, that you seek to remedy in my court? What has Andrew, your husband, done to your home? Um, about three months ago or so, a light bulb in our dining room fixture burnt out. And mm. I asked Andrew if he could replace it with a bulb, thinking he would use just like a standard LED, like all the other lights. Sure. And then cut to like two or three days later, every light in our house had been switched to a smart bulb. Whoa. An integrated system that you can turn on and off with a phone or with a voice command to a smart speaker or something like that. Yeah. So we have a smart speaker. Um, we call her Svetlana so as not to activate her <laughs> when she's <Right>. listening to us. <laughs> 
Um, Jesse Thorne, do you have any instructions for Svetlana right now? <laughs> Svetlana, play Tina Marie, Square Biz. <laughs> thank you, Jesse, and thank you, Svetlana. <laughs> it's hard to say, Svetlana. It's a pretty good one. Thanks. Sorry to any listeners out there who might be named Svetlana, including <laughs> you, AI. Don't come at me with your robotic arm. Um, so yeah, we, we can use her to activate the lights and then Andrew does have an app that he uses. I don't have the app on my phone as a bit of a protest of the whole thing. I've oh, refused okay. to get the he's app. He's not withholding it from you. No, no, luckily no. he's not. <laughs> he's not ordered Svetlana to hold you prisoner in the home. <laughs> no, it hasn't gone in that a don't far worry, yet. darling type situation. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, Andrew, tell me about your lighting system. What inspired you to do this? Well, that's a long story, really. Is it? It sounded pretty short the way Marty was telling it. It all started in high school. <laughs> this guy who used to take my lunch money. <laughs> Someday I'll get an AI with a robotic arm to kick him out of my house. Let me let me take you back. Let me take you back to the beginning, Andrew. <laughs> a light bulb goes out in the light fixture above your dining room table. Is that right, Marty? Yes. So there's this light burned out in the in the chandelier or the lighting fixture above your dining room table. And rather than just fill the whole room with cement and walk away forever, as I would do, you decide <laughs> to replace it. And what inspired you to get a, a smart bulb? Well, we we do have other small smart bulbs in the home. Did Marty did Marty ever know any about them? Because as far as I know, this is the first she's ever heard of it. She she knew about them. You've been sneaking in the Smarties all this time under her nose. She she knew about them when we got them. So the these smart bulbs we got when we first moved in. So you didn't? Did you know about these smart smart bulbs in your kids' rooms, Marty? Uh, I did. Yeah, I just I don't use them. Honestly, you never go into their rooms. <laughs> if I can avoid it. Um, no, I, I just, I turn on the light manually and I don't, uh, I don't find myself like changing the function in the bedrooms, like to different colored lights or to different dimness or anything like that. Is there something different about the light fixture above the, the dining room table? Can you not activate it manually now? You have to activate it vocally or what? No, I can activate it manually still the problem is that now the children they're they're young kids and so they still find it funny to like you know interfere and change the lights or ask her to change the light color to like poop or something little kids do like that and it it wreaks havoc on like what we're trying to do during the day or just it's it's kind of a nuisance in general svetlana Change light color to poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened in your home, presuming you're listening to this now? Explain well, to me what that looks like. She'd, she'd probably say, I I can't, I don't know how to do that. Um, but then they would ask again and pick a real color. And then she would change to that color. So what you're saying is the change that has brought you to this court isn't the introduction of smart bulbs, but the integration of the whole house system that now can be disrupted by your three children who are all under five, if I have this information correctly. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and right. they can be they can be little mischievous hooligans at times. Um, so it's that. And then it's also that um, there are some lights that are on like routines. And so those ones you can screw up if you flick them on or off. Um, that can cause problems where then you have to like reset them the next time. Or, Andrew, explain explain the routines for people who don't have any smart bulbs. 
Well, there are fewer routines than I would like at the this early stage of development. Svetlana, order Andrew <laughs> to answer the question, what is a routine? So I have uh, lights in the house set up to automatically turn on and off, you know, at, di- you know, at different times of day or relative right. to when the sun sets. And uh, they will go on and off or change to a dimmer setting in the evening or in things like that. Right. And so, and if you turn off the lights at the wall or something, does that interrupt the routine or does that reset something or what? Yeah. So that's one, I guess, key point of contention is that if the light is turned off at the wall, then it's unavailable for the system to activate the routine. So the routine will trigger, but the light's off. And so nothing changes. Then you turn the light back on and and whatever setting was part of the routine would, would not be applied. Uh, while it was off. And this is all controlled by like an app on your phone or something. That's where you set the routines. Yeah, I'm actually, I actually want to get away from the uh, Svetlana speaker. You're tired of the same old routine? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of the voice products that are always listening and presumably just stealing all of your utterances and making advertisements based off of them. I'd like to get away from that. It, it, that part of it is a bit dystopian, which is why I'm trying to convert the entire system to be completely within the house. It's my own server running in the house that controls all this. So it never leaves the house. To me, that makes it much less creepy. Right. Because it's all... We, we what have happened all between control. you and Svetlana that you're breaking up with her now, <laughs> trying to rebuild a relationship with your wife? Well, it's just that dystopian aspect of the relationship. I just... It, it's drained me over the years. And You know what's a foolproof way to de-dystopianize your home? Please tell me. Plain old light switches. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, plain light switches are, are all well and good, but when combined with these smart light bulbs... They do present a problem, yeah. Which is why I would like to replace the light switches in the home with smart switches, because then the switches can be programmed to when you press the button to turn off the light, it doesn't cut power to the light. It only sends a command to the light to tell the light to to turn off. So then the light stays available. And it's, you know, I think it will solve all of our problems. May I quote all of our problems? <laughs> <laughs> well, all of these problems were introduced by the quote unquote solution of the smart bulbs to begin with. So let's go back. Why did you want smart bulbs to start? So I think the color changing aspect of the lights can be fun for the kids. Now, mm-hmm. I do agree with maybe cutting off their voice access of the of the lights to to limit that uh, potential annoyance but having the lights change color you know have a party mode that you can turn on i mean it could function as a little reward for the kids they do something good hey party mode they do something good if hey kids you know what if you're really good today svetlana will induce a seizure in you by flashing lights in your eyes when you say cutting off their voice access is that like declawing a cat uh no no um nothing so grim hello i'm your judge john hodgman the judge john hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you our members of course 
Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2020, Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Is it fair to say that you put in the smart bulbs because it seemed like a cool idea? That's fair to say. That's why I put in smart bulbs into my home. And I should recuse myself because the person I share my life with, who's a whole human being in her own right, happens to be married to me, also can't stand them. <laughs> and sort of and sort of neither can I. <laughs> but they are cool. I mean, I don't know if people understand how cool they they promise to be. Andrew, what do they do? They provide illumination to the home. Okay, so I know what <laughs> light bulbs do. I don't have gas lamps in my home. Andrew, they provide light. 
They change colors. Yeah, tell us about the features that you think are so cool. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's they are normal uh, dimmable bulbs. <laughs> Uh, and they uh, also have a wide range of colors that they can uh, that they can display. So, I mean, why do you want that? Well, uh, as the judge has said, they're cool. I think the kids like them. I think there's some utility that we can have the lights change color or change brightness based on the time of day when it's getting ready for the bedtime routine. You know, we could activate a bedtime routine when it's when it's time for bed. You know, the lights in the playroom go off, you know, lights in the bathroom come on. I've got a color changing bathroom light routine that's two minutes long to let them know how long to brush their teeth so they can keep brushing till the lights go back to normal sort of thing. So I think there's some utility with uh, having the lights do stuff at automatically at certain times. Marty, tell me about the day you found out you had to start talking to your lights. Did Andrew inform you of this? What was it like? Um, He did tell me when I saw that the light bulb was replaced, he did tell me that he went ahead and replaced all of the light bulbs in the house with smart lights. And how long, how long ago was it that the smart bulbs were installed in the whole home? Like three months ago or so. Okay, Marty. And how has the adjustment been? Pretty awful, I would say, for me. You send in some evidence, a, a, a photo and a, and a video of what it's like in your home now. Um, looking at Exhibit A, speaking of colors, this is the light above the stove. I didn't even know that they made like appliance size lights to fit in the ventilator above the stove, but there they are. This photo is obviously available on our show page at MaximumFun.org and our Instagram account at, at Judge John Hodgman. Marty, how would you describe the lights above your stove? Um, like creepy horror movie red. Yeah. Yeah. This is the stove of Satan. Yeah. (laughs) Why is it this color red? Well, this is a manufactured photo. I did do this just to show that our stove lights can do this. (laughs) 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 No, I put, I put Svetlana up to this. Um, I made her change them to this color. For the reference. For for the reference to show, A, that they make stove lights that you can do this with, which is just baffling to me. And to prove the point, like, why do you need that uh, over your stove? Like, so I don't want to the way the stove. this is not the way the stove looks all the time. No, no. This is like you tell her to do this and then she can change it. But Jesse Thorne, let's shred this piece of evidence. So shredded. Well, I have set the stove light bulbs two colors in the past to be fair what bu- I, what colors what colors are you cooking to pr- probably a, a red color like this why <laughs> okay <laughs> unshred it jesse <laughs> unshred it yeah. is it in the shredder yet i took it out of the shredder john phew andrew you mentioned that you also put the smart lights into the bathroom to help your kids time their toothbrushing which is an ingenious idea that you obviously retconned in order to come up with a reason for doing this uh we have a video of a bathroom not sure this is the bathroom in question is that right marty yeah that's the bathroom that's our like main bath the main bathroom Mm -hmm. and uh uh if people want to watch this video they may but if you suffer from seizure disorder or otherwise are sensitive to flashing light uh, maybe not. You sh- maybe you should not watch it, because what am I going to see here when I press play, Marty? 
It's like a it's like a discotheque rave party bathroom happening. Jesse, can you see this? So what I'm seeing here is just a normal all-American contemporary bathroom setup. It's got a uh, track lighting on the ceiling. Looks like there are five track lighting fixtures and there, there may be wall sconces somewhere that I'm not seeing as well. There are always sconces. All right, I'm going to press play. Three, two, and again, flashing light warning. Three, two, one. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what was that? Was that a lighting cue to teach your children like when the when the light is on, brush up. When the light is <laughs> off, brush down. No, this is actually another one of the downsides of these lights. So that's not his toothbrushing routine. This was okay. a child had flicked the lights on and off too many times too quickly. And when you do right. that, it like freaks out the lights. It resets it angered and, Svetlana. Yeah, and it causes them to strobe like you're in some sort of rave nightmare. And they were strobing in opposition to what looked like some kind of nightlight on the wall. So yes. it, it wasn't just that they were turning on and off in quick succession. It was alternating with this weird other color light yeah. and creating yeah. kind of like a, a nuclear strike in the bunker feeling. Yeah. I, Andrew, would you agree that that's not optimal performance when it comes to the, your smart lights? Yeah. Well, that is definitely not optimal. But see, this is, I think that video is actually strong evidence in my favor. I love it. Here, tell me all about it. Well, you see, Marty thinks, this is, she, she lists this as an example of, of that I've gone too far. But it's clearly showing that I haven't gone too far enough. Because if I replaced the, the light switch... <laughs> I haven't gone too far enough, he says. <laughs> That's my new personal mantra. All right, I'll allow, I'll allow it. Go on. <laughs> so if I replaced the switch, the light switch in the bathroom with a smart switch, well, that solves that problem. It, 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 that problem would Ow. no longer occur because the, when they flick the switch, it would just be telling the lights to turn on and off really quickly without cutting power. So it never activates the reset routine, which causes the horrible apocalyptic uh, light show. So the new smart switch, first of all, won't break the routine. It will not. And are you able to install this new smart switch or would you have to have a some other smart person come in and do it? Uh, I, I could do it. Marty, has he done electrical work around the house? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I'm a little hesitant. Like Andrew is very methodical. He'll do a lot of research uh, I think he maybe could do it. I'm not crazy about the idea of him shutting power off to our house and messing with our light switches, but I think that he's capable of doing it. Judge Hodgman, if I learned anything as an apprentice stage electrician at the Herbst Theater in San Francisco, it's that when it comes to electricity, you can do whatever you want as long as someone is standing next to you with a broom handle to hit you if you start getting electrocuted. <laughs> Andrew, do you have broom handles in your house or have you replaced them all with smart brooms? <laughs> <laughs> and you said that you could command the lights to turn on via the switch, but you want to descent, you want to denetwork your home. So would you still be able to do voice commands even if you were, I don't understand how you would get that effect. So, uh, I'm using a uh, 
system called a home assistant, which is a, a server you build yourself and it's running in your house. That system, they added in, you know, voice technology into that system. So you can actually, you can speak to that system directly and have it control your stuff. So that's, ideally, that's what I would like to to do. What what do you envision for the home? What's the end goal of your smart home? Are there other systems you want to put in place? There are other systems that can augment the lighting and can and other things, but there you know there are presence sensors that you can install that you know can detect like how many people are in a room and where they are in the room, and so you can build. How many of them are high school bullies? <laughs> Exactly. Oh, no. Exactly. So you can you can make very customized routines based on you know the, based on presence uh, within the home. Oh, so this is not just about you surveilling your family. It's about like when someone walks into the room, the the hell light goes on over the stove or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. Uh-huh. But you're not messing around. You're not messing around with like. Surveillance of the front door, front door cameras, the uh, thermostats, uh, come on and off, music systems, entertainment. uh, How much smarty pants you want to put into this home? Yeah, um, you know, I I don't have a uh, like a five year plan for um, for for the smart home and, and what I envisage. At least not one you're willing to reveal to me, Marty. What is his What is his grand design? Um, he does want he does want cameras um, outside the house on the property. Um, this is something he's mentioned many times, <laughs> and I don't know if they would be integrated into like the smart technology in any way. If you were to guess based on your knowledge of your husband and the time that I've spent with him just today, mm-hmm. and what he said, do mm-hmm. you think he'd want to integrate the cameras into a central system or no? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Marty, is any of the stuff that's in the house right now fun or useful to you? Yeah, I think that there's a couple of cases where these bulbs are fine. Like in lamps, I don't mind them in like some of our our lamps that we have. I think it's just the fact that it's like every overhead light that we have in the house. It's too much. Like I'm not opposed to just dialing it back a little. And I would, Andrew, if you don't mind, argue on your behalf for a moment to say to say that Overhead lights are probably the place where you want smart lights the most because they are the least easy to replace. And they are the ones that convey the basic mood of the room. And you would want some, you know, some control over them, as much control as you can possibly get, as opposed to accent lighting. I'm just saying, Marty. I disagree. Fair enough. You're still human for now. Um, and also, I'm more of like a lamp person anyways, like turn off the overhead light and get mood lighting from your lamps. And I'm like a nightlight person. I have the nightlight in the bathroom that you saw flickering that like comes on when it's dark so the kids can see when they go in there, you know, like it's Is that quaint. A smart night? Oh, it says nightlight. So it's, I understand what's happening now is the nightlight was alternating with the lights. Yes. Because when it turns dark in there, the nightlight comes on. Yes. <laughs> I just had a little, I just, to me, it just seemed like a sad little story of the nightlight that's trying to keep up with the older brothers. (laughs) No, that's much sweeter, but no, it's. (laughs) So how far, 
like how smart are you willing to make the lights then? Where would you like to set the line? I guess maybe 50% of the lights in the house, like mostly lamps and maybe a couple of rooms where it makes sense to have overhead lighting set up that way. But Mm -hmm. I, I think that all the lights is too far. And I do think that even though Andrew would like to go even further with the switches, I'm kind of like opposed to that for other reasons too not just because i don't why really want because him. it sounds like those switches would would obviate the problem that you're having yeah but i'm not just be able to turn them on and off just the way you the way you do now so i have two kind of points of opposition one is that i'm not like crazy about andrew doing electrical work with no experience it, it does scare me a little bit like there have been projects that he's done on like our plumbing as a amateur plumber where Mm. he's had to call me and be like okay like don't come home yet because we the water is still shut off like don't don't come back (laughs) like i'm still trying to figure this out and i just don't want that happening with the electrical systems in our house and then also he's got kind of like a backlog of other projects that i think should take priority over something like this because this seems very like it's not necessary this is like a luxury project where it doesn't need to be done right now really at all understood andrew it says in my brief here that uh you you describe yourself i believe as a quote tinkerer unquote that sounds accurate and i received some photos marty i believe you sent these in as well of some what are termed as unfinished projects what can you tell me about these photos there's one there's a big bucket with a with a red pipe uh, emptying out into it? Yeah. So this was from, I think, that exact plumbing project that Andrew had to like keep me out of the house for when it didn't get resolved immediately. And it's still not been attached to anything. So when you run our washing machine upstairs, this uh-huh. pipe will just randomly like spit out some water <laughs> into the bucket. <laughs> what were you trying to fix plumbing wise, Andrew? Well, the the washer and dryer were in the basement, but because we're on a well, you have to pump the water out, you know, up and out of the house. So mm-hmm. we wanted to move the washer and dryer up into our garage. And so this plumbing that you're seeing in, in the picture is the redirecting of the of the water supply from where the washer and dryer were up to the garage where they now sit. How long is this? How long has this red pipe been staring for, forlornly into this bucket? A year. Almost a year now, yeah. I guess Pretty it could be almost a year. <laughs> Marty, are there any other projects that Andrew has started and not completed that you'd like me to know about? Yeah. Um, we have a pole barn on our property that has been in a yeah, state of like... About? You have low ceilings. You have a well. You have a pole barn. <laughs> You never use the hot water. I thought you lived in Ann Arbor, the What's Paris a- of Michigan. Now it's like you live on Little House in the Prairie Land. What's a pole barn? That's How many poles a- do you have? It takes a lot of poles to build one. Um, oh, they're made of poles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like it's like one of those galvanized steel metal framed barns. You know, it's not. I thought like it a- was like a horse barn. You know, that's where a horse lives. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. It's just where you store the maypoles over the yeah. over the yeah, winter or something. Yeah. yeah. So 
it's been it's been pretty like utterly trashed. And um, one of the projects was to clean it up and that still hasn't been done. And so it's kind of snowballed from there because now we can't use that space to do like woodworking for other projects. So mm. he also has been building another bee box for his bees. And it, that has to be <laughs> in the garage <laughs> uh-huh. okay. because mm-hmm. we have no room in the barn to do it. So now the garage has been like overtaken with this unfinished building of frames and bee boxes. When you and say that it's been moved to the garage, you mean an unfinished bee box, not an in-operation bee box. <laughs> the whole bee box situation hasn't been moved to the garage. Right. We're not keeping bees in the garage. We're just, he's building the hive currently in the garage now. I will well, that's worse than a bee box in a pole barn. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very famous Michigan saying in a very, very, very accurate Michigan accent. Yeah. You keep any other animals on your property there north of Ann Arbor? I know you don't live in actual Ann Arbor. You live north of there in an unnamed town. Ship. Right. The sticks, yeah. Um, we do. We have eight Excuse chickens. me, poles. Yeah. Sorry, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> say the same thing. <laughs> uh, we have eight uh, chickens, eight hens, and we have one uh, duck currently. Named? And then two dogs. Well, our duck, you want to know her name? Yes, please. Duck Flipper. Name. Mm-hmm. Her name is Flipper. <laughs> yeah. Duck. Great name. Yeah, she's got like a wing that sticks out. Um, her wings like didn't form properly, so she. <laughs> I did not see any of this in the evidence. I'm I sorry. admire your restraint, Michigan. <laughs> you have a literal lame duck named Flipper. You didn't send me a photo. I didn't know she was pertinent to the case. To be honest, I, I can that send never you one after any the of our fact. other litigants. <laughs> Andrew, when you think about your fully automated lighting system, not only automated but insulated from corporate scrutiny. When you have your dream system in place, all of your sensors, all of your lights, all of your routines, all of your uh, uh, smart switches in place, and then you've, of course, used whatever technology you're going to use to cut off the world from your homestead. How does it make you feel? Feels like a little piece of heaven. Do you think that that would be enough for you, or are you going to keep going in some way? I think you always have to keep going just to have something to do, you know, there, there's there's always innovations and new things that you just want to tinker with for fun. Mm, mm, mm. Marty, do you have any hobbies? I do. Yeah. They're a little more analog than Andrew's. Mm-hmm. What are they? I like to crochet and sew. All right. I think I've heard everything I need to in order. <laughs> so your hobby is collecting little pieces of string and leaving them around? Yeah, I'm like a cat. Mm-hmm. Crochet is a wonderful hobby. I like to do yoga. I do like to play video games. Andrew and I, that is one of the things that we like. That's the one more technology-driven thing I will do. Crochet is a little puzzle. The yeah. same way Andrew is treating your home as a little puzzle. To yeah. tinker with and work on and solve and improve yeah. and get better, right? Yeah, but I guess my crocheting doesn't like interfere with Andrew's whole life in the house. <laughs> is is that true? Because I I I live with someone who who does what I call string work. And <laughs> may I remind you, madam, that there are little pieces of string all around my house. <laughs> I keep them I keep them contained. <laughs> I think I'm pretty tidy. I'm a pretty tidy crocheter. I don't think I've intruded on on the rest of the house too much with my projects. Do you agree, Andrew? Yes or no? 
Well, I would mostly agree so far, but I, I do see a, a, po <laughs> a potential dark future where the sun has been blotted out by various string goods. Yeah, then you'll be crying for that smart light to come on when the sun is blotted out. <laughs> it is definitely a possibility. I do get the impression from the outside that one of the challenges of being a crocheter is finding new people to impose your crochets upon. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm I'm forcing it on the children, mostly. <laughs> like, pretty quick, everybody you know has one of those hats, and you don't need a bunch of them. Right. Marty, do you like changing the colors of the lights? Do you enjoy the atmospheric possibilities? I think I do it very infrequently. So I'm I'm not a huge fan or utilizer of that function, really, no. Do you think that your kids enjoy the color changes in the routines? Does it make toothbrushing more fun for them? Yeah, I mean, I take a different approach to toothbrushing. I do like a timer on my phone for two minutes and we do like a race, like a toothbrush race. Um, so I don't think they're like necessary to making, you know, mundane activities fun. But the kids do like having different color options sometimes. So like I said, I'm not opposed to keeping a few of them in the house for that purpose. But how do you think your kids will feel when they can no longer ask for Svetlana to turn the light into poop? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that they'll be very briefly devastated and then they'll move on to asking her to do something else like playing a song from Moana or something and they'll be over it. I don't want to put you on the spot, Andrew, but how much of all those bulbs cost? Anywhere from, you know, three to six hundred dollars, probably. Marty, now that you know the rough estimate of how much these smart bulbs have cost so far, is that uh, out of your means, would you say? Um, no, uh, I don't I don't think it's out of our means. And uh, Andrew, if I were to rule in your favor and allow you to continue going forward, completion of the project, how much more do you expect you will have to spend? <laughs> I, I won't have to spend. There, there's no more expenses to make for for phase one, which is just lighting and routines and automations around lighting. Now, if you want to talk about, you know, having surveillance cameras and bringing that in, <laughs> th that really is sort of a separate, that's an entirely separate uh, conversation. Yeah, but what about the, what about the, uh, the smart light switches? Those, that would have to be tech you would have to buy. Well, I have already purchased some light switches. So you have a lot of the equipment already, the sunk cost is already part of your fallacy. <laughs> well, I, I will uh, admit to the court that I, I am still within the return window, I believe, for for most or not all of those uh, uh, switches. That's very brave of you to admit. <laughs> Marty, is the amount of time and money that Andrew is spending on this appropriate for a hobby? That's a good question. I mean, if Andrew is using mostly his personal money, that's what that money is there for. Um, but the time thing, that's a little trickier because it is very engrossing for him and it is going to require 
many phases of tinkering around the house. And I feel like that might be like a bit of a reach for like an individual hobby, like especially when we have all these other things kind of like going on. It feels a bit macro for a hobby. (laughs) Marty, you mentioned that there is a pile of smart switches and presence sensors already in your home. Yes. How do you feel about the presence sensors? How does that make you feel? It like really creeps me out. And I know Andrew is saying it's going to be like a closed system. So I know I'm not being like surveilled by the state or anything, but I find it very like clinical and almost like, like, I don't want to feel like I'm in a department store where like you walk into a room and it senses that you're there and like lights turn on and off, you know, it's, I don't know. And you're going to get the new, the new Svetlana to go. Hello, Marty. Welcome to the open space, the open concept dining kitchen area. Yeah. Shall I turn on the Inferno oven light? <laughs> but these are not cameras, to be clear, Andrew. These are motion sensors or these are, I should say, present sensors, right? Because you said they can count the number of people in the room and who they are and so forth, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, currently, um, I, I, I'm just slumming it with the motion sensors. But there are presence sensors that are much more advanced. So, Marty, if I were to rule in your favor, you want me to uh, order Andrew to pause on all new smart tech installation and cut back the smart bulbs by 30%? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's probably what I'm looking at. Yeah. Are there particular bulbs you have in mind that you would like to desmartify? I would want our main fixtures, I think. I know there's some opposition about the fixtures, but I would want the main fixtures to go back to being regular dumb bulbs. And then like other... You're talking about overhead room lighting? Overhead room lighting. And then like the stove lights, I feel like can just, they should go back to just normal lights um, also. But lamps, we have like a few lamps. And I would say like in, in the bedrooms, maybe it's fine. Also, but our main living area, I would like to go back for overhead lighting to be traditional LED bulbs. Andrew, if you changed the light switches, would the overhead light fixtures then function the way that Marty would like them to? I believe they would. And if I were to rule in your favor, Andrew, uh, how would you have me rule? Well, I guess I would just have you rule that at whatever pace is reasonable given all the other responsibilities uh, that I can uh, continue to update the house. Uh, I would rule that you have Marty install the app on her phone so that she can get more use out of it and, and get more used to operating the lights that way as an option. Marty, does uh, uh, when Andrew is not preoccupied with the, the lighting situation in your home, is he a full participant parent and partner? Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's a great dad. And, right. and he's a pretty good partner. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take, gr- I'll take great dad, pretty good partner. That, that, that is good for me. Okay, I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I am going to go have my presence sensed in my chambers, and I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Marty, how are you feeling about your chances? You know, I'm not a naturally confident person, so I'm a little nervous. (laughs) 
I feel like things might not go my way here. Andrew, how are you feeling? Well, I, I don't feel like husbands defending crazy modifications to their homes against their wives typically goes in the direction of the husband. And fair enough. I mean, we come up with um, a lot of uh, stupid ideas, but I think this one could be a winner. So you think this is this is the one <laughs> I, I think this might be the one. <laughs> we'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a moment. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, we are mere days away from our monster show in San Francisco at SF Sketchfest. Days away, low ticket alert. We are going to have such a great time at the Palace of Fine Arts and its wonderful lagoon dispensing justice at my home away from home and Jesse's own home, San Francisco and the San Francisco Sketchfest. What a delight it's going to be. And it would be so much better if you were there. If you don't already have your tickets, please go to bit.ly slash JJHOSF24, all capital letters. The numbers are just numbers. Or just, you know, sfsketchfest.com and find us on the schedule. John, this is going to be an auspicious occasion. My mom's going to be there. Yeah, that's right, Judy. Yeah. My bookkeeper, Amity's going to be there. Yeah, that's right. Amity's going to be there. I haven't met Amity yet. I can't wait to meet Amity. Will my childhood best friend Jody be there? I don't know. I'm about to text him and see if he wants to come. This is going to be big stuff. Big stuff happening at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. It's happening later this month at 4 p.m. Want to find out what day? Go to sfsketchfest.com or go directly to bit.ly slash jjhosf24 for direct tickets right now. Saturday afternoon, the 27th at 4 p.m. Oh, you go just to told me you just gave away the day. I was maintaining mystery. I'm no, we're trying to sell tickets at sfsketchfest.com. Tell a friend. If you don't live in the Bay Area, tell a friend who does because they're going to have a great time. Our show is not a web of impenetrable references and in-jokes. It is a 
live comedy show that anyone can enjoy. So go to sfsketchfest.com or send your friends and uh, we'll see you Saturday the 27th at 4 p.m. in San Francisco. And at 4 p.m., you might as well bring along your precocious tween. And hey, John, I mentioned that my mom's going to be there. I mentioned that my bookkeeper is going to be there. So are two of our favorite friends of all time, Rob Bedecker and James Richmith from Casper Hauser. I can't wait. They have a wonderful dispute between the two of them. These old friends of, I guess they've probably been friends 25 years. Two of the funniest humans on earth. Uh, The Casper Hauser comedy podcast on Maximum Fun still one of my very favorite things. Two of the funniest, most brilliant, uh, delightful, decent guys that there are. So uh, sfsketchfest.com, we'll see you there. Let's get back to the case. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. So I should recuse myself because I live in a half-smart lit home. I like these lights. I like these lights. Someone I know, a dear friend, has smart lit their home. And he can say to his Svetlana, when he wants to set a mood to watch a movie, say, Svetlana, I want to watch a movie or whatever. And then everything changes. I think that's gorgeous. Sometimes he says, I don't remember the exact phrase, but it's like, go below the sea. And everything turns into (laughs) deep blue. And I'm a and I'm a dumb guy, and I'm like, that's great. So he sent me some smart light bulbs as a gift, and I put them in. And then I got more of them because once you get a few of them and you get them on a routine, it seems really fun. And it also uh fulfills one of my great life's ambitions, which is to stop reaching under lampshades to turn on lights. I hate it. It often invents <laughs> bending over at the waist, which I also hate. <laughs> Just reaching around up there and also hate changing hanging light fixtures because it involves like getting up on top of something and, you know, and unscrew the light fixture and then a bunch of dead bugs fall out. And these LED lights, they last a long, long, long time. But the downside, I have to say, is that it is connected to a computer. And the bugs in the computer are worse than the bugs in the in the light in the lampshade. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, your beautiful routine doesn't work, or one of them does blow out and you don't get around to doing it, or someone comes along and presses a switch and it takes it off the routine, and then your spouse is a whole moving in her own right. is like, I'm just trying to beg my light to turn on. Why won't it turn on? But when you live in a house where the the router for the smart lights alone is hidden in in your son's closet, (laughs) so you can't access it when he's home and sleeping... And then it gets reset and all of a sudden things aren't working and then it's a hard it's hard to figure out how to ref, how to fix the the problem and reset all of the routines and then you're watching television and at 10 p.m. all the lights go off because you forgot that you had this routine it just feels like you're living in a haunted house with a hell light above the stove <laughs> my experience but Andrew I I'm with you I love the idea but I'm here to tell you I've been wrestling with these for a long time And I don't think, I don't know that it ever gets better. But on the other hand, Andrew, these lights, I thought these were a solution to something. They're not. But for Andrew, Marty, they're a hobby. And you know what a hobby is. You crochet. It's something that you can lose yourself in for a little while. And insofar as Andrew is fulfilling his responsibilities as a dad, and partially fulfilling his responsibilities as a partner to you, at least... (laughs) 
and he is not running you into ruin with his hobby, then I think in general, I want to protect it. But Andrew, there's a problem here. You're not just doing a jigsaw puzzle. You're treating your whole home like a jigsaw puzzle. And the home is not your private puzzle box to solve. So the Cenobites will finally come and take you away to a world of pain. <laughs> you share this puzzle box with your wife, Marty. You share this space and it affects her life, obviously, in ways that are frustrating to her, as you have heard. And your shared time. Like, even though I do believe that you're a good dad to your children, and I think you're also probably a good dog dad and a good lame duck dad, <laughs> and, a, and probably a good partner to boot, the, you know, changing light bulbs is one thing, but changing light fixtures and light switches and turning off power to the house, et cetera, et cetera, that absorbs a lot more time than simply sitting down and crocheting where Marty can probably have a conversation with you. You know what I mean? On top of all of this, you have these kids, which are worse than the dead bugs in the lampshade or the bugs in the computer when it comes for automating your home. Because those kids have figured out that they can turn their bathroom into a disco if they flip that switch on and off. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're the gremlins in the system who are going to mess up your system first before anything else does. And it's gremlins too. <laughs> the, best, the best of the gremlins. So here's what I'm going to say. Here's how you're going to troubleshoot these use cases. First of all, you have to finish your other projects. You've got to reroute that hot water line. You've got to get everything in shape so that you can move forward clean on this new project or the completion of this ongoing project, I should say. So we're going to pause on this until those things are done. Two, you are going to re-envision. You say you don't have a five-year plan, but you do have a phase one, and then you have phases down the line. You have to re-envision this as a project that is finite, not a project that is going to be ongoing. The project ends when all of the stuff you have already purchased has been installed. The analog switches, because I do think that they promise potentially to solve the problem that Marty has with the whole system. And I guess you have some motion sensors. I don't know. That's at Marty's discretion. I can sense one thing for sure. Present sensors are not part of your future. <laughs> She's expressed, your partner has expressed anti-desire for that. And I think motion sensors, if they're within the return window, I think you need to return those motion sensors. But because the light switches themselves, the smart switches, promise potentially to solve Marty's issues, I'm going to allow them to be installed. But notice I said I'm going to allow them to be installed. I did not say you can install them because you can't. I'm sorry. You did something wrong, which was to spend joint money on a personal hobby without checking with your partner first. And even though I am allowing the project narrowly defined to go forward so that you can at least complete the cycle and not wander through a haunted house of what might have been as I do every day. <laughs> you still have to pay some damages for that marital felony. And the damages are, first of all, you're not allowed to kill yourself by doing amateur electrical work. <laughs> 
I don't care how many how many videos. And this is not just a concern for your safety. And it's not me saying it can't be done because people can do this amateur electrical work. But because it's complicated enough that I'm afraid it's going to slow down the project to a stop, given the time management issues that we've already seen in the pole barn. So in order to bring this forward to a conclusion so that you can actually give Marty a chance to see the project in completion and maybe possibly win her over to the new way, I'm ordering you to contact a professional electrician and pay that person to install those switches all in one day so that it's over with. And the money for the electrician is coming out of your fun money. That's the damages. To sum up, pending Marty's decision, returning the motion sensors. The current smart bulbs stay. The smart switches are moved in in order to prevent your kids from <laughs> triggering light shows <laughs> and otherwise, <laughs> otherwise make this house seem dumb when it's secretly smart <laughs> and ideally give you the sense of completion that the project is done and that your hobby has been honored and then the two of you can move forward and make considered decisions about which new improvements you want in your life. This is the sound of a gavel. Clap on, clap off. The clapper. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Andrew, how do you feel? Well, I guess I feel pretty good about it. It seems, uh, seems fair. And uh, I look forward to uh, winning Marty over. <laughs> Marty, how are you feeling? Um, Andrew is pretty good at winning me over. Usually, um, I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. Honestly, I'm really relieved that a professional will do this, and it'll be done and over within a day. And hopefully, I adapt quickly. But it was a wise and fair ruling. I think. Did either of you have any concerns with this? developing interest in light shows that your children might grow up to like jam bands. <laughs> they would they would take after their mother, I guess, if they did. <laughs> I am very concerned. Well, I wish you the best of luck in that and all your endeavors. Thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Another Judge John Hodgman cases in the books. We'll have swift justice in just a second. First, thanks to Redditor M.K. Becker for naming this week's episode Power Off Attorney. You can join the conversation about this episode at MaximumFun.reddit.com. We also ask for your puns there. Always fun to see the puns. Although I have to say, Judge Hodgman, this week, a little disappointed with M.K. Becker. Didn't come through? It could at least be, at least it could be like M.K. Becker 420 or something like that. <laughs> it's, oh, it's a little too, a little too normal. Yeah. Yeah. Evidence and photos from the show are on our website at MaximumFun.org and our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. Follow us, like those uh, posts and uh, save them for later. Or share them to your stories. Uh, we're really grateful for all your help with that. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review there. It really does make a big difference. We're always really grateful for those uh, ratings and reviews. Judge John Hodgman, created by Jesse Thorne and John Hodgman. This episode engineered by Eric Wojohn at Solid Sound in Ann Arbor, Michigan. AJ McKeon is our editor. Marie Barty Salinas runs our social media. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer.
Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Redditor K Green 100. See, that's better. I like. Yeah, that a little bit better. better. I mean, K Green 69 would be, but that would it's be fine. Yeah, 69 420. Flipper the duck. Uh, uh, says on the Maximum Fun subreddit. I want to get rid of our wooden spoons. They're worthless as they're too shallow to scoop anything with any efficiency. My significant other insists they're essential kitchen tools. Help! Uh, okay, you can't get rid of... Wooden spoons are not scoopers, right? They're not for scooping. They're not for scooping. Mean, I have a pretty good scooping wooden spoon. They exist. They exist, but probably what you got are good wooden spoons, which are great for stirring. Yep. And great for tasting. Bingo. Because the wooden spoons don't get hot. And then you can taste whatever you're stirring without burning your your lips on the spoon. And then you got to wash the spoon because you can't put it back in there after you've tasted it, obviously. But that's what they're for. And they're beautiful. And they're works of art. The only reason that I would, f- I would find in Redditor K. Green's 100's favor is if the significant other has 200 wooden spoons. That would be, that would be a problem. But otherwise, they're an essential kitchen tool. Correct, Jesse? The shallowness of the bowl is why the liquid cools fast enough that you can then taste it. Right. If it had a deep bowl, even with the wood not getting hot, that depth would prevent it from cooling when you give a little blow on top of it. And then you... Yeah, exactly. Sorry, and thank you for, yeah, I was going to say, acts. and thank you for slurping on, on Mike. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And and you know what? I hope K Green 100 is a misophonia because that's punishment for you for even bringing this up. <laughs> <laughs> and John, Slurp. I have enameled dishes that where you can't use a metal spoon because they'll scratch the enamel. Or what if you have nonstick? You can't use a metal sco- a spoon and nonstick to stir something up. You want wait, you want to you want one of those flat wooden paddle things if you're trying to scrape fond. I'm looking at Jennifer because she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, she's a fond scraper. I'm very fond of her fond scraping. Hey, as this episode, speaking of fondness, as this episode comes out, it's almost the end of January, which means CVS is trying to tell you it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yep. Of course, I want to hear any cases about Valentine's Day gone wrong. Obviously, that would be a great, great subject for a whole docket. My Valentine is Dwayne Reed. Oh, yeah, exactly. What about the other Hallmark holidays? Did your clueless boss demand a gift from the office for Boss's Day? Are you a mother who just wants to spend your Mother's Day alone? Are you trying to make October's sweetest day happen? I've never even heard of that one. I don't want to make it happen, but I guess it's probably going to. Sweetest day. If so, you may actually be, you know, sweetest day should happen in early November. So you can get rid of all that Halloween candy they made you buy in August or whatever. I'd go to Swedish day if it had like (laughs) some lingonberry stuff. Oh, if it was just a, look, why isn't there a national meatball day? That's my dispute with the (laughs) world. Send us your Valentine's Day dispute, your Hallmark holiday dispute, your disputes about any holidays or any card sending days at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. And I dare say, Jesse Thorne, send us all of your disputes. Indeed. MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Don't, don't censor yourself. If you think this might be something, just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO and send it to us. We can figure out if it's something or not. We'll help. And hey... Maybe you just bought tickets to see us in, in San Francisco in a couple of days at sfsketchfest.com. And you're like, I bet they have all the cases they need. Probably we do, but you never know. What if you have the greatest case of all time? Go ahead and submit your Bay Area cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. And let us know that you're going to be at that San Francisco show at the Palace of Fine Arts 
uh, January 27th, Saturday at 4 p.m. If you don't have tickets, get them. SFSketchFest.com. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.